0: The Ben and Matt SportsCast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner Matt Story. And it is time to talk about the NFL draft, where if you're an ASU fan, the first round and the seventh round held some fun for you with Brandon <laughs> Ayuk and Eno Benjamin getting drafted by the Niners and the Cardinals, respectively. Uh and then our traditional undrafted free agent class was terrific.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of guys getting a few opportunities, which is good. Um, you know, I, it's gonna be. I mean, it's always tough to make a roster as a rookie free agent. I think it's gonna be even tougher this off because there's no OTAs, there's no you know in person mini camps. Those are the areas where you know guys have a chance to make an impact um, and really jump out. You know, now you're you're looking at the first time you're gonna get physical activity being training camp, and you know, then you're there with all the vets, and that's tough. But you know, uh, they'll have their chance, and you never know, maybe one or two can can make their way onto a roster or at least a practice
0: squad. Uh, Kalen Kirst-Thomas, Tommy Hudson, Kyle Williams all signed with the Titans. Cole Cabral signed with the Rams. Kobe Williams signed with the Jaguars. And as far as I know, Michael Turk is not confirmed signed anywhere.
1: Uh, Which know. is surprising, given, uh, you know, I mean, I know punters, you know, they're not in huge demand. You know, Teams don't have seven punters on the roster. But, you know, he, he was a pretty successful Hunter and you know obviously made waves because of the bench press and uh, that, that means anything but uh, you know he, he had a lot of success but yeah I don't know I mean hopefully he'll find a spot somewhere um otherwise it it certainly you know makes his decision to leave college even shakier which you know there were a few guys that you could say that about this this uh, draft but he's one, um and I suppose you could say it a little bit about Eno Benjamin but I don't think so. Like, I, I know he went seventh round, and he, you know, in an ideal world, he comes back, and he has another great year, and he goes higher. But would that have been the case? I, I kind of doubt
0: it. The odds of him getting hurt or fumbling the ball were higher than the odds of him having a Heisman Trophy, you know, Joe Burrow-like leap. Exactly. Well, and and it's also
1: the difference in positions. Let's say he came back, and he runs for 1,500 yards uh, you know, he might have gone higher than the seventh round, but he's just got more mileage on him now. Uh, now he'd have a third year of heavy carries. And, and so, I mean, like I texted you Saturday morning and I still think this is true. You know, Eno would have been better off if he could have leaving after a sophomore year, um, you know, because then he would have had less tread on the tires and he might have been a third round pick.
0: Yeah, I think that is definitely true.
1: I mean, the difference between Eno and, and Ayuk shows you the difference in positions and how they're valued by the NFL, because Ayuk was good, but as two, you know, we followed ASU the last two years. Who was more valuable to ASU? Eno Benjamin. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty safe to say, right? Yeah. And, and he goes seventh round and Ayuk goes first round. I mean, that that tells you the difference between how the positions are viewed in terms of, you know, what they do in college and what they can do in the NFL
0: um i want to talk about the packers taking jordan love uh last time you and i spoke you teased me rightly so about about when the packers took to randall and how i said well at least we don't need this guy i feel bad for whoever takes him what a terrible terrible thing that would befall a team
1: Yeah, yeah. And And he's turned into a decent player. We should note that. Like, he he had a great start to his Packers career. It tailed. But, you know, he's he's still going, which is, you know, better than you can say for some guys of his draft class.
0: And I didn't say that about Jordan Love all night during the draft as the first round unfolded. But my dad sure did. Uh, Really? He was texting the whole time saying, well, we're not going to take Jordan Love. We've got Aaron Rodgers. We've got a short window. I would yeah. hate if we took Aaron, uh, Jordan Love. There's no way that this team is going to take Jordan Love. Well, we've traded up. There's no way we would have traded up to take Jordan Love. Yeah, and then we took Jordan Love. And, and that's
1: that is to me the most notable aspect of it is they traded up to get him. Which you know, it, you know, like, look, if the if the kid six seven years from now is a, a you know a Pro Bowl level quarterback, then it was the right move. You know, I've said that about several quarterbacks we've seen over the years. You know, I I thought Russell Wilson was drafted too high. I thought they could have got him two rounds later, but no one thinks that now because he's become a great player. And, you know, it's like, well, you should have waited until the fifth round to get a great player. No one says that. So, you know, if he's, if he's good, but, but trading up for him was interesting because that's something you do to, you know, presumably fill a need. And, it's not normally what you do if if it's like you know if they were at thirty and he was sitting there, okay, you know you think well gosh this, if you really have a high evaluation of
0: this well, kid you that's think what he's they too did with Rodgers
1: with yeah. Aaron Rodgers exactly they, he fell to them at twenty four right or something like that um, you know, um, and and you know it's like yeah okay you know you, you think that opportunities to, I mean I remember watching that 05 draft um, I don't know if we watched it together I don't think we did. Although we were, you, one of us might have been, must have been out of town that weekend or something, because that was our freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rogers was fallen, and it was like, "Wow, well, boy! If the Packers, you know, can get him, they have to take him, and they did." And it obviously was the right move, as we've, you know, has been borne out over the last fifteen years. But it was interesting to see them trade up to get him. I mean, I, it, it was the only time in the first round that, as I was watching, I, you know, let out an audible like, "Whoa!" Um, that was a surprise when I heard that name.
0: Yeah, I believed, really, truly believed when they traded ahead of the Ravens, it was to take Queen. I thought yeah. that that just yeah. made sense. Yeah, and yeah. I, I told you, and I stand by it now. Days later, that if I had, if I was given the opportunity to just swap my draft class with the Ravens' draft class, straight up, yeah, I would do it. They took a yeah. receiver. Which yeah you know, they, they then they, they did. took another one later just to see yeah they did
1: yeah yeah no I mean I think they drafted well getting J K Dobbins uh, you know I, mm-hmm. I texted you on Friday night and said you know I think J K Dobbins is going to be a steal of this draft I know only second round but like the fact that uh, there were what three or four running backs picked ahead of him um, and and some of those guys you know I like Swift uh, Jonathan Taylor was very productive in college and I think could be good but. There were a couple that were taken and like, wow, going before J.K. Dobbins? Really? Um, you know, and, and I think he's going to be a great fit for Baltimore. So, yeah. Now, the, the danger, you know, we, we do this, um, you know, the, the, there's so many examples over the years of, you know, oh, this team had a great draft class and then five years from then nobody's left on the roster and they got, you know, zero Pro Bowls out of it. And, you know, whereas like the Seahawks uh, 20 was a 2012 when they got Wilson was universally panned and it was the foundation of the Super Bowl and another Super Bowl appearance the next couple of years. So we don't really know anything at this point in time. I mean, that's the that's the end result of the draft. But it's always fun to
0: pretend we do. When when we get to talking about fun parts of the draft and, and picks that are not the Packers that made you go, huh, interesting. Yeah. For me, that that starts with the Eagles taking Hurts in round two.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an interesting one. I, I, um, I mean, you can come up with a few different rationales for it. You know, is it is it insurance? Because Wentz has been injured, and he has. I mean, Wentz has not uh, finished a season yet. The only, I mean, he did start all 16 games last year, but then he got hurt in the playoffs. Um, before that, you know, he had season-ending injuries that, that cost him, you know, even their Super Bowl year. So, is that part of it? Is it a, a gadget type guy? It's awfully high to take a gadget type guy, uh, especially when you know you're down on offensive weapons and they are. Now they did, they did back the truck up and got like three receivers yesterday, and traded for one, so that you know they sort of plugged
0: that gap. But and they took still. Rager in the first. They did get
1: Rager, yeah. Now, uh, now the Rager pick surprised me when Justin Jefferson is sitting there, and Je- and he went to the n- the next pick, I think, to Minnesota. If I remember yep. right, um, you know. And and the weird thing was, you could tell that the lag time, you know, between announcing picks and communication. They come back from break. They're showing the Eagles on the clock. You can see Justin Jefferson's family is smiling. He's been on the phone. I'm thinking, oh, they're taking Justin Jefferson. They didn't, and then Minnesota did. Obviously, Minnesota knew the Eagles pick was in before. They, you know, they announced it on TV because, uh, I mean, I was I was penciling him into the Eagles based on that video. And then he ended up going one pick later. So, um, you know, those were interesting. Uh, the Hurts pick, you know, again, much like I go back to the Russell Wilson. It's questionable now. but Let's say once, you know, gets hurt again or struggles or whatever. And Hurts becomes their, you know, reliable, good starter for five, ten years. It was worth it. Right now, it feels like, yeah, there's a little bit of a reach, um, but it, it could prove to be smart down the road.
0: I thought that the overall receiver drafting was surprising. Look, the, the Raiders, oh, the Raiders going Raiders and taking the fastest guy was not surprising.
1: Not surprising, no, but but, but that definitely was surprising. First. To see him be first, exactly. Yeah, I mean, most, most everybody seemed to have Judy or Lamb as the top receiver and they did go shortly after. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a bit of a surprise. Both Raiders first round picks were ones where they were, they were swimming against conventional wisdom, taking Henry Ruggs first and then taking Damon Arnett, who I think most people thought was a second day pick, uh, you know, with the 19th overall pick, I, you know, I followed the, the mocks and stuff a lot because one, there wasn't a whole lot else going on. Um, but you know, I, I followed a lot of because I saw Ohio State twice this year, and I never saw Damon Arnett projected in the first round. When that name came up, I'm like, wow, yeah, I, I know that name, but I didn't expect to see him go Thursday night. Uh, so they certainly, you know, they think they know something that the rest of us don't, I guess.
0: Well, and maybe if, they do. And this is a combination of trust your board and draft for needs, because when you look at the Raiders' overall draft, just by position wide receiver defensive yeah. back, wide receiver wide receiver, defensive back guard defensive back
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I mean you can you could tell and and they continue to love their uh, their Clemson players that's a that's becoming a pipeline I know they took at least two Tanner Muse yeah. and John Simpson maybe they another
0: they took those two to... plus they took an Alabama player and an Ohio State player. so basically yes. if you got into the playoff, The Raiders won. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, one thing you can certainly take from this first round is, you know, there's been a feeling in college football that there's six, seven, eight heavyweights and then everybody else the last couple of years. The first round shows that you had five LSU players, you had four Alabama, you had three Ohio State, you had two from Georgia, two from Clemson. I mean, these are, these are the half, two from Oklahoma, like they are the halves, and you can see why they are the halves. Like it's it's not it's not rocket science to see they've got the best players and that's why they win the most games and that's why they're in the playoff or contending for the playoff every year.
0: Now, the team that I thought you would like their draft, because I liked the start of their draft mm-hmm. was the Colts, taking Pittman, yeah. Taylor, and Eason.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I, I mean I, I liked Pittman and Taylor, for sure. Um, you know, Eason is... You know, I like Eason, you know, but it, it's a it's a project. Um, I mean, he's not going to be the starter this year. I think if things go well, he, he won't be the starter in 2021. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's a decent place, a good coach. You know, Frank Reich's a good offensive coach. Wentz had his best year playing under Frank Reich. Foles had his best year playing under Frank Reich. Um, you know, and, and you get to... You know, similar type of quarterback in Phillip Rivers. You know, we've talked about Easton a few weeks ago when we talked quarterbacks and how he's kind of a, you know, a dying breed when we're looking at quarterbacks now because he's a, he's a pocket guy. He's not going to beat you with his legs. You're not going to call run pass options, those type of things. Um, well, Rivers is that. So, you know, you get to kind of learn at the, at the foot of somebody who's a similar style player. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Phillip Rivers, but, you know, I like that, and and yeah, Pittman and and Taylor, both very productive in college, and you know, I always I always kind of you know, a, a default position is if you were good in college for two, three, four years, why can't you be good in the NFL? Now that doesn't always work out. There's plenty of examples where it doesn't, but I'll always lean on the guy who was productive in college versus the guy who wasn't.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there are two things to, on that regard that seem to bear themselves out over and over again. Good college players make better NFL players than average college players. Yeah. Yeah. And then within the stratification of that, if you were a high recruit, you yeah. are probably better suited still than the lower tier recruits. And I know, yeah. I yeah. know ESPN did the mea culpa about Jefferson and that was part of their whole right. thing right. that they missed on him. But you know, that was just a bad miss because both his brothers played for LSU.
1: It was, and and, and it's an exception to the rule. I mean, I, I think I read now every, you know, everybody's got their different service they rely on. But I read a tweet that I think 26 of the 32 first-round picks were four- or five-star recruits. It's a pretty good success rate. You know, I mean, like, now, again, you can flip that. You can make the numbers work any way you want. You could probably find dozens of four- and five-star recruits that didn't get drafted. And that's true. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can find a Justin Jefferson, a guy who was kind of an out-of-nowhere, a Baker Mayfield. He was a walk-on, and he went number one overall. You know, there are going to be exceptions, but they're exceptions. It's the Tom Brady, you know. Well, you get a quarterback in the sixth round and Tom Brady. Sure, but there's, you know, what, five to ten quarterbacks every year who get picked in the sixth or seventh round, and they don't amount to anything. Tom Brady is the exception, not the rule.
0: Yeah. Um, one draft that I know you've locally been exposed to a lot of, but I think is worth mentioning is what the Cardinals did. Yeah, um, Isaiah Simmons falling to them at pick eight seems to be beloved by everyone.
1: I mean, you know, I liked Isaiah Simmons. If you know, we we talked draft, you know, what three weeks ago, and and I I said I thought the Giants should take him at four. After after we talked, it seemed like the emerging thought was the Giants were going to take a tackle, and they did. Um, but I really liked Isaiah Simmons. And yeah, you know, I, I texted you Thursday night and said, you know, I'm disappointed he went to the Cardinals because he was a guy I thought I could root for. And now it's going to be hard to do. But oh, well. Um, you know, I, yeah, they, they seem like they are getting praise for their draft.
0: Um, I, I you know, of course, they, everybody
1: is more obsessed with Cliff Kingsbury's house yeah. uh, because that's the kind of stuff that's important that we look at Cliff Kingsbury's house, sarcasm is very much intended here. Um, but, yeah, I think they, you know, and, and, hey, I mean, you know Benjamin going there is kind of a cool little side story. Uh, what? You know, seven. who knows if he'll make it, but it's it's cool, you know, to see him get that chance.
0: The other piece, you know, just having talked about guys being productive and that that could matter, Evan Weaver from Cal. Yeah, yeah. You know, probably the most productive linebacker in the pac 12 yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, so was Scooby Wright. So He was.
1: And he was a, you know, a Cardinal. Now they didn't pick him, but they ended up getting him as a free agent after he was released and they loved them some Scooby Wright and he didn't he didn't make it. So um it's interesting, you know, because they they went more well known, I think, than, you know, the, the last couple years that I was there, which was now three and four years ago. Um They seem to really be priding themselves almost too much on, you know, finding the unknown guy, finding the guy from Division two, finding the guy from, you know, the guy who didn't get invited to the combine and picking him in the third round. And it was almost like, see how smart we are. We're finding all these gems. And you can see the results the last few years didn't back up how smart they were. And and this draft was more like, hey, take the known quantity, take Evan Weaver. He got a bunch of tackles. Take Eno Benjamin. He ran for a bunch of yards. Take Isaiah Simmons. He was, you know, extremely productive for a great defense. Like, and, and I don't have, I mean, I, you know, look, I'm not doing the scouting that they're doing. I'm not putting in the man hours they're doing, but I don't have a problem with that approach. Now, I don't like the Cardinals, but, you know, like, take what you, what you see with your own two eyes, and these guys are good. Take them, play them.
0: Yeah. Um, I think.
1: What'd you think of the? Uh, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Eason. What'd you think of Eason and From falling to day three and where they landed?
0: Uh, I agree with your take on Eason to the Colts. I think that's, you know, right. He's in it. He's got a quarterback mentor. He's got a quarterback-friendly coach. Yeah. If he's gonna make it, this is how he makes it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed. For From going to Buffalo. I don't think he'll supplant Josh Allen. I think that, uh, you know, the one thing about Josh Allen, though, is if Fromm is the backup, and he's going to be competing, I think, with Matt Barkley there. Yeah. I think I saw that from Bruce Feldman's piece. I didn't remember that. Yeah, it is Barkley. Yep, Um, you're right. But, you know, he might get a start or two because Allen leads with his head a lot when he's running. He does. (laughs) He
1: does. He's a runner, and he's been injured, you know, the last couple years and missed I don't know if he missed a start last year, but I know he had to leave that game against the Patriots because he, he got the concussion there at the end of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I thought it was an okay fit. I mean, for a guy who, who the knock on him is he doesn't have a big arm playing in Buffalo, probably not the best landing spot. Um, you know, cause you, you don't necessarily see Jake from thriving in bad weather, and, you know, snow and cold and that type of thing. Um, uh, you know, the biggest thing for me was seeing both of them and thinking, should they have come back? Now, there is a variable here we can't ignore, and that is that we don't know what the college season is going to be. If the college season ends up being played in the spring, as is being discussed, they may not have played anyway. Because if, let's say you play a college season from January to April, you are waving goodbye to draft prospects. They're not going to play. And they shouldn't. You know, I mean, they, they should not. Um, And so it may not matter, but boy, you can't help but see, especially from at a powerhouse like Georgia, where they could be positioned to contend for a title again and think, should he have come back for another year? May not have made a difference, but boy, it ran through my head a lot as he was falling down the board.
0: I mean, I think the question for from when you look back on it is. How much are you enjoying your college experience and what do you realistically true. think of your NFL prospects because he's not going to be any bigger and that's part of the thing he's like not. you know that's if, true. if he got that drafted is. by the bears and it's you know the winds whipping off lake michigan true. You true. Know, what's he yeah. going to do
1: still the same I mean yeah you're right you know it's sort of the Eno Benjamin it's still the same limitations he's not going to get he's not going to grow to 6-4 and and have a rocket arm in one extra year of college So for me, it's more the thought of, boy, if he had come back to Georgia and let's say, I mean, this is everything goes perfectly. They win a national championship. He may still be a fifth round pick, but he's a legend and being a legend in a college town like like Athens, Georgia or something like that. I mean, you know,
0: it's your job for life.
1: It is. It is, you know, And, and instead, I think, you know, like now, you know, he could have won the national title as a freshman. He played well in that game. And instead, you know, Tua has the heroic throw. And, you know, let's let's say, let's play the what-if game. Let's say, you know, on second and 26, Tua throws an incompletion and they end up missing a field goal. Georgia wins the title. Jake Fromm's already a legend. But that's not what happened. They got close. They didn't win it. And then the next two years, they got close again, but not as close. And if he had come back and won a title, again, a huge if, I know. But, like, you know, it could have been, like, man, he is the greatest Georgia quarterback ever. And he's a Georgia kid, you know, he went to high school there, he went to college, you know, like, that would have been something that, now, you know, you're right, you know, it's, it's an individual decision, and maybe that doesn't matter to him. Maybe it was like, hey, I've done what I could, and I'm moving on, that's that, and if, if that's the case, I can't begrudge him.
0: Yeah, you know, ultimately, I don't think he's going to be, his best NFL story is lunacy Sanity in the NFL. If there's yeah, like a three week yeah. run or four week run where he just plays out of his mind and it, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. he gets like no, a petty right. Bridgewater thing where he, yeah, you know, his team goes yep, six or, uh, and zero under him, but it's it's really the defense and it's running the rest the ball, of the but.
1: Team. yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, the, the comparison I read online, you know, before he got picked, uh, some one of the draft guys said this, and it's a guy we've talked about recently, Chase Daniel. He could have a Chase Daniel like career, be a long term backup. Um, you know, physical skills are not flashy, but you know, just a a good guy to have in your quarterback room. He can mentor a young guy. He can back up an older guy. Uh, he's not going to make waves. You know, You're that not type. and not
0: going to stand and, anybody by having him No,
1: exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, and and you know, Chase Daniel is the is the you know the dream scenario for a career backup quarterback because he has cashed in big time. I don't know if Fromm will be able to do that, but could he have a an eight to ten year career as a as a backup, a guy who bounces around and plays with three or four different teams and gets a few starts here and there, probably so. And that ain't bad. Like, yeah. that, that's not a bad existence.
0: It, it, the lesson, I think, if I was an agent for a quarterback like Jake Fromm, would be you are going to become that offensive coordinator's best friend and the wide yes. receiver coach's best friend and the quarterback coach's best friend. Because yep. wherever they yep. go, you want them to bring you in the room. You want to be like uh, – how Kellen Clemens was just around forever or John Kitna was just (laughs) around forever. Yeah. 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 I mean, Kellen
1: Clemens is a great example. He was a second round pick who was never a team's regular starter. Maybe one year with the jets, he might've been like their, their main guy, but he, he stayed in the league for like 12 or 13 years. Like that's not bad.
0: Yeah. And you just want to be the guy who, you know, they bring you in because you know the system. So in training camp, when the starter right. plays four snaps, there's still a quarterback who knows the system. Exactly,
1: exactly. And it also positions you, if you want, to be a coach in mm-hmm. your post-playing career. You know, you can, you, I mean, Kitna already has. Didn't Kitna get hired by the Cowboys or yeah. was with the Cowboys or something like You know, so, um, yeah, I mean, like, there's plenty of guys who go to that. And, and then, you know, five years from then, they're a head coach. Because, you know, like we, we're always in love with the next great offensive mind. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he can have a very respectable pro career. I don't, and again, my argument for him coming back is not so much, oh, if he'd come back, he would have been a first-round pick. Probably not. Probably, you know, like, there, there's going to be a new batch of guys next year. There's Trevor Lawrence. There's Justin Fields. And there's, you know, pick two or three names that we're not even thinking of, like Jordan Love or Joe Burrow or in recent past years, you know, Mitch Trubisky or Carson Wentz, guys who were not 12 months out thought of as first-round picks and went very high in the first round. Um, so I don't think he would have done that, but could he have had, like, a really memorable finish to his college career? Maybe. Now, Jacob Eason, I think, made the right decision. Um, you know, Washington's in transition, new coach again, new offensive coordinator again. Like, I, for him, i say, you know, yeah, I think you made the right call. Even though he went fourth round, he might have been fourth round again next year or later.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they go in the tank. And, and the other piece of this for everybody, and obviously it's more so for, you know, running backs first and, and receivers and right. corners second, but, you know, you blow out your knee. You know, you True. you have a Tua like injury, a freak injury, but it's like, because if you're getting a fourth round grade, they just won't draft you.
1: They won't. You're right. right. You're right. Yeah, I mean, Tua is is. Because he was considered an elite prospect is why he went number five overall, despite the injuries, um, you know, and uh, getting to that, you know, as, as you bring up his name, isn't it kind I mean, we kind of talked about it. It is funny how last April it was, the Dolphins are taking Tua. We went through a lot of turns in the road, roller coasters, misdirections, and what ended up happening, the Dolphins took Tua with their first pick, just like was projected 12 months before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Look, not everything works out how you expect, but sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes
1: it does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's this always was, interesting,
0: uh,
1: you know, 12 months out, we project a lot of things about the draft. Most times they don't happen. This one did.
0: Yeah. This was a, a, uh, result over process.
1: <laughs> it was, it was, yes, yes. And, you know, I, I, I thought they're, uh, I mean, three first-round picks, I, you know, I like the pick of Austin Jackson from SC. He's, he's you know, he's young and raw, but, uh, you know, I think he could be a really good player. They got Big um, Benogany from Auburn, a good corner. I mean, I thought I thought they did pretty well for themselves. They had a bunch of picks. They should have. Um, obviously, you know, their draft is going to be based on what has Tua become. If, if Tua becomes a star, that draft will be viewed as great. If he is, you know, injury-prone or not up to the billing, and it'll be, you know, they wasted the pick, but uh, you know, good smoke screens by them in the weeks leading up to it. They're in love with Justin Herbert, they wanna draft a tackle, uh, they they got the message out there, we're not that high on Tua, and then what did they do? They took Tua.
0: Well, and that's the thing, I can't remember who it was either on, you know, the broadcast or on Twitter, but somebody said there were so many smoke screens that ultimately people just threw their hands in the air and said, Well, whatever, <laughs> the Dolphins are gonna do they're <laughs> gonna pick somebody, they're not gonna yeah, trade out of yeah, that spot. Yeah, I think, I mean,
1: I think they played it well in the sense of, hey, they didn't, what they didn't want was other teams believing the Dolphins love Tua, because then if somebody else does, oh, they're going to call the Lions or call the Giants and say, hey, can we get ahead of them? But if you get the message out there and you convince people that maybe the Dolphins don't want him, maybe we don't have to go to the Lions or Giants. We can just sit there at six or seven or eight or whatever and take him there. and You know, if that but was their goal, they get- played it well.
0: Instead, you sit there at six, and you get Justin Herbert, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you yeah, got rid of I, Phil Rivers, and r- you just drafted <laughs> Phil Rivers,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, w- would they would they be happy if Justin Herbert's career is Phil Rivers? Absolutely, probably so.
0: Yeah, Phil you know, is a, but it, a borderline I mean, Hall Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: but he's what what Justin Herbert isn't, and what I thought the Chargers really would try to do is you know sex appeal when it comes to ticket buying. I don't mean literal sex appeal. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like it's Justin Herbert's face doesn't get people in in Los Angeles to say, you know, I got to get to a game. Tua might have. Tom Brady probably would have. But they, they swung and missed on Brady, I guess. I mean, it seems like they were in the mix and they didn't have a chance to get Tua. And so now it's, you know, Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. That's not going to get the pulse rate up of Los Angelinos.
0: Yeah. I mean, Brady going to Tampa was decided when Tampa Bay was a That's right, that's but... right,
1: yeah, yeah, which, uh, you know, uh, what can you say, like, I mean, that is one of those, I know we talked about that a few weeks ago, but, like, if you had suggested that at the end of the season, that Tom Brady's going to leave New England and go to Tampa Bay, most everybody would have laughed. Like, that would have been dismissed out of hand, he ain't going to Tampa Bay Oh, oh, and they're going to get Gronkowski out of retirement. Oh yeah, right. You know, I mean, it is it is the type of thing that I guess you know keeps us keeps us interested in sports because those are the things that would have been laughed out of the you know out of the blue and, and you know like it happens. And now they're they're one of the most interesting teams in the in the league this season, which you know the last decade plus they've been irrelevant basically. Yeah. Since since Chucky left, uh, you know, when's the last time Tampa's been, you know, on the forefront of people's minds?
0: Yeah, it's basically Gruden and Dungey, and then yeah, which was
1: twenty years ago. (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, Dungey left what Super Bowl, Super Bowl thirty-six? That that you know, Dungey Dungey left or got fired, ended up at the Colts, and then Gruden. Gruden, who maybe could have gone to the Super Bowl that year with the Raiders, instead went the next year to the 37, so that's 17 years now. Yeah.
0: I also think it is worth noting that it takes a special kind of blindness to the world that a guy can walk into a park in violation of a law and walk into somebody else's house and know, everyone's like, oh, what a fun story. I know. And, I know. And,
1: and like, I'm going to be that guy. Would that be the case? If let's say Jameis Winston nope. was still there,
0: it would not be the case. It would not
1: be. It would not be. No. It I, I, mean, be, I It,
0: it would be wouldn't. what a knucklehead. And then yes. immediately after that doing something else bad, like, well, yes. are you, have you cut him yet? What, what's, yes. you know,
1: yes, yes. I mean, I just, I, I, I hate being that guy because sometimes I think that you know we, we play the race card or we play the the put upon card too much, and I do. But in this case, like I do think there is a little bit of a double standard here of like, oh, fun old Tommy, he just he's just finding his way in a new city, yeah. Uh, yeah. whereas somebody else wouldn't get that same treatment. No. Now you know, Jameis, Jameis is maybe not the greatest example because he's Russell got Wilson. Yes. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I just don't think that would be the case. If, uh, yeah, let's say Russell Wilson in Seattle had two incidents like that. Fairly harmless incidents. I mean, they are. They are harmless incidents. He didn't, no. you know, he didn't, you know, uh, cost someone. He didn't rob someone, I, you know. But still, let's say that that happened in the last month. Uh, um, I think the on, reaction would have been different.
0: On back-to-back occasions. Yes, you know? yes. It wasn't yeah, like he yeah. had one at the beginning of March and then one right. at the end of April. Right. It was right. like within a week of each other.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I you know, they're they're funny in a way, but in other ways it does show the double standard that some people get compared to others. Uh you know, it just it just does. And and I think you know, that's one of the reasons, to me, I've thought about this, because a, a future topic that we're going to do is our most hated and most liked athletes, and you know Brady's going to be on that list for me. Like, to me, that's one of the reasons I don't like Brady, is because Brady tries so hard to give off this vibe of, like, what a cool guy. Like, Belichick, I don't think Belichick gives off that vibe. I don't think Bel- Belichick really likes anybody. Uh, You know, like, I think Belichick would be happy just operating in anonymity and making his $10 million a year. I mean, Belichick Uh, is mm
0: -hmm. very similar to Barry Bonds, to me. Yes, Which is, he's probably the greatest at what he does. Yes. He also figures out what the line is and will either cross it or be so close on it that it's breathing on it.
1: I think he is detesting of the attention. Now, I always get a little hesitant with that kind of thing because, look, if Bill Belichick really hated attention, he could retire and just be anonymous. Yeah. He likes the money, he likes the success. He like, you know, like th- there are things that Bill Belichick likes about being Bill Belichick. But I do think, you know, I think he's a little bit like Tiger Woods in that if you gave them the opportunity to have their career and the money and the fa- and the success, but not the fame, they jump at it. I don't think they really love the fame. Whereas I think Brady like loves the fame and he loves to be you have his face out there and. Uh, you know, well, he's, I mean, he's just he's, phony to me.
0: He's also like, he's just phony. He's also, I think, from your perspective, the opposite of Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning, it feels like, is in on the joke. Like, yes, he gets yes, that he's true. everywhere. He he gets that he's that's like, portraying a goof.
1: Yes, you yes, know. I I think that's true. Now, I will concede that you know Peyton Manning has crafted a great everyman image for himself. And is Peyton Manning the everyman? No. Because he's got hundreds of millions of dollars, and you know he's got houses all across the country, and there's a lot of athletes who do that, and they're all phony at it. Every single one of them, because when you make that much money, you're not the everman. But I agree with you that I, that I think Peyton Manning is a little bit more, Yeah, it's a good way to put it, in on the joke. You know, he, he's, he's self-deprecating, uh, you know, he knows he's overexposed when it comes to ads, and he makes fun of himself for that. Um, I don't you know, I've never got the feeling that Peyton Manning thinks, like, I have the secret to life. But I do think Tom Brady thinks he has the secret to life.
0: Well, that's I mean, why I, there's I, no PM18. Really
1: right, right. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing that just comes across like, ugh. Now, again, we'll probably talk about this more in depth when we talk about our most, most liked and most hated, because those two names will be on my respective lists. I'm sure you're not surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, now I will also admit, because of my liking of Manning, that's why I hate Brady. But yeah. then he has given me so many other reasons to hate him since. It's like, <laughs> I started at, like, hate level three or four, and then he's given me reasons to push it to a ten.
0: Yeah, he's made it onto your Mount Rushmore.
1: He has. He has. He might be number one. But we'll save that for next time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll, Teaser. I'll give my, my one, uh, because I have somebody who is on both of my lists. Okay. And that's Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Okay. Well, but, you know. Uh, because I, I loved yeah. Brett Favre. He yeah. Was my, the first time I ever purchased an autograph, yeah. it was a Brett Favre autograph. I love Brett Favre. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And fair then, enough. I, I, I know that. I I lived through the end of the Favre years yeah. uh, with you. So I, I do know your adulation for Favre.
0: And... I I wanted him to retire, and I wanted yeah. there to be no acrimony. I I, yeah. and I realized I wasn't going to get both, so then I was just <laughs> hoping he'd retire and there'd be yeah. some acrimony. Yeah. And then yeah. when he retired, I was like, okay, it'll they'll they'll get over it. They'll yeah. they'll retire yeah. the number. He'll go into Canton, and that'll sure. and that'll just be what it is. And then he came back, and the team basically told him, you're not welcome here. And, and right. like, the team's not innocent in this. When, when he announced his retirement, they immediately packed up his locker and shipped it to Mississippi. And right. they're like, thanks for the memories. We really appreciate it. Here's all your stuff. Right, um, right. Which is an aggressive breakup move that I, you know, support on some level. <laughs> you know, you yeah, just get the Band-Aid you. off, you get all their stuff out of the house, sure. and you, you, sure. know, you move on. You move forward, yeah. yeah. But then when he tried to come back and bring his stuff back, you know, I was... They said no. I was yeah. offended. Uh, you yeah. Because it's like, look, we did this dance, but you finally, like, formally said those words. You right. didn't say you were thinking about it. You announced you were retiring.
1: He did. And, Cheerful press conference and
0: all. And then when he announced he was coming back, I was so mad. And then he tried to force to their hand to get him to the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I respect the pettiness of ted thompson to be like oh you want to go to the vikings okay well we're going to send you to the afc east to play for yeah. the jets yeah and yeah yeah you know to their credit the jets kept him for a year before just immediately turning around and shipping him to minnesota letting, and letting him go get to minnesota yeah yeah
1: um, didn't it? i mean when they released him right yeah because he said he was retiring again
0: right to go yeah. to minnesota and right. then obviously right. the minnesota stuff was just about yeah. as infuriating of an experience as a sports fan (laughs) as I could have. So, you know, and now that he's gone today, I was telling the story that he told about how Ty Detmer explained the nickel defense to it. Right. And I love, and I love him again. But when I think about the Minnesota stuff, like I also love the radio call when he throws the pick in New Orleans. Yes. You know, yes,
1: yes, yes. So, yes. uh, I remember that one. Yes. Yeah. No, I remember that one very well. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I mean, I, I so we can we can do this in more depth next week, but I did figure Favre would be on your list of most liked, but it sounds like he is still maybe partially on your list of most hated as well.
0: I, he is he is my favorite player. He, okay, he is my favorite player. The the closest connection and kinship I've felt to a player, yeah, has been Brett well, Favre.
1: There is something too. I mean, and, and you know, I've thought about this a lot there's something to your first favorite player, you know, the the first athlete that you really kind of like, it's hard to top. Like, you know, there's others that come along and you may like them just as much, but they're not, they're not the first, you know? Uh, And, and so, I mean, there is that, that feeling of like, you know, when you're, when you're a kid and you kind of have that first favorite athlete or team or whatever, that that doesn't go away. You know, you still have that affinity.
0: Yeah. And I feel like I, you know, Ultimately, I don't think he's on my most hated list. But there were moments where I there were times, like, you know, and I guess that's sure. that's like family. There were moments where I was very oh, sure, frustrated. Sure. With
1: him. <laughs> well, you you have now gotten most of that like happy ending, even though it didn't end well in his career. He, you know,
0: I got it all. He's back. gotten
1: his number retired. He's you know he's been back to Lambo.
0: He's at a At the
1: Packer.
0: moment with Bart Starr, and he's got a cordial a
1: relationship with Rodgers now, which they didn't have. So yeah, I mean, it, he, he definitely is a Green Bay Packer over anything else, yeah.
0: And I think that the the thing about the, the pick in the Saints game that makes it okay yeah. for me is if he would have won a Super Bowl with the Vikings, yeah, that would have been... It might have been different. It, it know, might have been a different
1: perception. I mean, it, it. I think it kind of is for Peyton Manning. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think Peyton Manning is an Indianapolis Colt, uh, and things ended fairly well there, you know, given that there could have been a lot of acrimony, there really wasn't, um, and he's had his number retired and a statue and all that stuff, but I think because of the success he had with Denver, you know, setting the records and getting to two Super Bowls, and, you know, I think there's a lot of people who might, you know, like, just a casual fan, you know, what team do you associate Peyton Manning with, a lot of people might say the Broncos even though he was only there for four years compared to 14 in Indy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, he's not on my most hated list. But the, you know, like if you if we he were talking about most hated moments list. Yes. Yes. I, yes. He's still on that. <laughs> that you know, gotcha. gotcha. That's a pain that doesn't well, that, go away.
1: That's a conversation we can have completely separate for your most, you know, like miserable sports moments or, or teams you rooted against the strongest in one time or another, but uh, yeah. All right, well let's let's uh, you know let's let's do this next week or this week now. I guess it's Sunday. Uh, let's do our you know like our five favorite, five most hated, or we can expand the number or minima, you know lessen the number. It's up to you. Yeah. But you know uh, let's let's go through it because why not? Okay? Yeah. And this is this is a time to take stock of our sports fanhoods.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll be back to do that. And talk about other things in our sports. Yes. I like Maybe there that. might be some yeah. other
1: news between now and then. Who knows? But you know, there's signs of life at least. Yeah.
0: Until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.